Welcome to another episode of the Scrumcast. I'm Clayton Linkelzigich. I'm Roy Vandewater. I'm Derek Neighbors. I'm Drew Lesweir. So recently uh, we were having a discussion on the team, and uh, Roy had mentioned that one of the things that he saw uh, was that someone at the higher level part of the organization was saying that they think that every, uh, was it ticket, Roy? Every ticket, every emergency, you know, every interruption every everything should be super important and there should be a sense of urgency around uh, everything is that so, is that accurate no I, I think it was more along the lines of um every ticket should have a sense of urgency right like every ticket is more important than another and that when a ticket is more important that its urgency should be felt throughout the entire organization that that the entire organization should feel like the uh the team is rushing to do, get it done as quickly as possible because we know it's important so can you describe what a ticket is just for some context so uh, in our case a ticket would be like a story like any it could be anything from a defect to a feature that needs to be implemented just just something that needs to get done so everything is super important and there should be a sense of urgency around everything so everything is no everything urgent. No, e- not everything is important but the important stuff Everybody should. I think. I think that's a big thing I took away from that, and the thing that I kind of brought up to the the team here was uh, was about how some the things that are important, like the rest of the organization. Like we we have customers that interface to the organization, and when they have something brought up, it is important to the organization that that customer knows that they are very important to us, and that we are working very hard to fix that issue. And, and working very quickly, as quickly as possible, because we know that it's important and they need it now. So when I think of sense of urgency, I think of, you know, if, if I were, say, in some management position, I could say, I want my team to have a sense of urgency so they feel like uh, they need to get things done and it's not just kind of screwing around. But from the customer perspective, sense of urgency, it seems like sense takes on a different words where it seems like you're saying, um, I want the customer to uh, give, you know, I want to give the customer the appearance that what they're saying is very urgent to me. Uh, sure. So I want them to have a sense that we are being, uh, you know, urgent about getting their things solved. Right, exactly. And then, and I think sometimes, too, because some of our stakeholders are people that are within the company, like, they also should feel like their stuff is very important. So, Derek, you were kind of um, a dissenter, maybe just playing devil's advocate with this one earlier. So so what are your thoughts? You know, I think that I see this expressed a lot of times in terms of velocity. Um, I'll see a team... You know, we're going to commit to 20 points, let's say. And uh, they're at 15 points on Thursday. And, you know, to the outside world, it looks like, you know, you're not going to hit your 20 points and you seem to not really care about it. Um, I think I've seen this even internally. You know, hey, we've committed, uh, you know, 75 points. And so at the end of day one, Right, we should be five points burned, and we're zero points burned. And at the end of day two, we should be you know fourteen points burned, and we're no points burned. Yet, you know, there's no visible uh, difference of the team from you know if they were completely on track. And I think that uh, a lot of times, scrum masters or product owners or stakeholders uh, start to say, "Well, you know, where's the where's the panic? You know, a team should be panicking at this point." You know, and I think that. Uh, I think that's something that <clears throat> I get conflicted with because in some in some ways I agree with it and in some ways I disagree with it. And the ways that I agree with it are that I think that a high-performing team should constantly be pushing themselves to their limit um, but not overstretching themselves. And I would akin this to, a say, a long-distance runner, right? So a, a sprinter sprints, you know, all out and then has plenty of time to recoup 
a long distance runner has to meter themselves. So I think kind of in a sprint, you know, you've got, you know, these most marathoners I know go by miles. You know, they say, I want to be running an X minute mile, you know, for the first two miles and the next three miles, I want to be running this. And, and they have some pace that they're trying to get to. And if they're behind pace, they'll try to improve that pace, you know. And I think that when teams don't set a pace or a velocity and they're not trying to keep in rhythm with that and they don't have any urgency to that, that's to me a sign that they're probably not on the path to be a high-performing team. Um, however, I think that it's also dangerous to say that a team should always be panicked because no, most competent marathon runners I know don't run a race completely panicked. You know, they're measuring themselves, they're checking themselves, they're pushing themselves um, accordingly, but they also know what their bodies are like. They are, you know, they're they're very self-aware, um, so you know they're not panicked all the time. And so I think that. To me, it depends on which direction you're coming from. If you're coming from the direction of, like, I'm really upset because my team doesn't look like they're panicked all the time. They must not be trying hard. That's dangerous. If it's a, the team doesn't seem to be pushing themselves, I think that might be valid. So let's say that I, you know, I as the manager have decided that my understanding is it's not good for me to say I want my team to be panicked and, you know, I'm going to rush them along or something like that. And and I acknowledge that uh, I want them to be pushing themselves to improve and all those things. So what are some positive ways um, that they can, that I can help them or that the team um, can go towards that type of behavior rather than just being everything's urgent and I'm real panicked? So, I mean, I, I think kind of going back to the, the marathon runner, anybody knows what my body type's like. I'm not a long-distance runner in any way, shape, or form. Um, but <laughs> I, I think some of this is, you know, setting goals for yourself, measuring yourself against those goals, and then... Um, reflecting. So, you know, I mean, this might be, I'm going to set a velocity of X and, you know, I'm really, my, my, my goal is to hit that. And as part of, you know, if I'm doing a one week sprint or a two week sprint or a four week sprint, whatever that is, I should be able to calculate it some interval, whether I'm on pace to hit that or not. And so to me, it is not a a team that says, you know, we're going to do velocity of X over some duration of Y and they do not break that duration down to smaller segments to check themselves velocity-wise, that to me is probably a sign that they're not a super high-performing team. Because what they're doing is they're hoping that at the end of um, their sprint that they got the time or the velocity that they had hoped for. Um, I think that, you know, uh, good, strong teams have some way of saying, you know, and this is, I think, where the burn-down chart comes in, but I think that people abuse the burn-down chart and they just look at it as like, well, here's the burn-down chart, and they're not actively pacing themselves against that burn down chart. Hey, it's, you know, we're two days into a 10 day sprint and, you know, right now we're charting to be off by five or 10 points. What are we going to do to fix it? Are we going to, you know, uh, put in some extra time? Are we going to reduce scope? Um, you know, are, are we going to try to negotiate? Um, you know, what, what's, what are we going to do to try to, to be able to finish on time? And I think to me, that's, that's not the same as panic, but if a team's not having those conversations, I, I'm going to suggest they're probably going to fail more often than they're going to succeed. So, so let's say that I'm in charge of a, uh, of a team that's working beneath me and I recognize that they're not performing. Would it be a good idea for me to try to push them by setting goals for them? I don't think so. Um, well, let me rephrase that. I think that you could ask them, um, you know, ways that they could be more successful. You could probably suggest um, setting smaller goals within a larger goal, and then, you know, if they're not hitting those smaller goals, start to have conversation about, you know, hey, how come we're not 
you know, hitting this, what could we do to potentially hit this? I mean, I think you could could do that. I think if you're actually setting the goal, like, hey, you know, you, you know, you say you're going to do 20 points this in the next five days, therefore you need to do four points a day, and if you're not, like, I'm going to crack the scrum whip on you. Like, probably not real effective way to get the team to perform. And so one of your other examples uh, that you were talking about, Roy, was that the this person who wanted this kind of sense of urgency was talking about it not just for the, the team, the development team, but also for the whole organization. So, uh, you know, what do you, uh, from, you know, in talking in that and having that meeting, what do you see the, the other people in the organization, maybe the stakeholders or the product owner, you know, how do you see them um, implementing this new kind of drive towards sense of urgency about everything? So part of it is I see, like, uh, if something comes in that it's very urgent, like the, that it gets to cut everything in line that's inside the current sprint, right? Like, we don't really have the concept of a sacred sprint where nothing can 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 get into it. And that's something that's been very difficult because uh, every time the development team tries to push for something like that, we get a lot of pushback from the organization because they have uh, demands that need to come in in the middle of the week and need to get done right away, and they can't wait until the following sprint before they get done. So it sounds like sense of urgency means, um, you know, to, let's break the kind of scrum, the iteration contract, and... Sense of urgency really means I get to interrupt you with whatever I feel like is most important at that moment in time, to you. and you have to do it because right. if you don't, that means you don't have a sense of urgency. I mean, that's definitely a loaded way to put it, but it's not inaccurate. Okay. Yeah, that that's part of it, and I think even even in the sprint, um, there's a sense of you know, hey, this this has got to get done, you know, before the sprint ends. It's got to get done by Wednesday or something, um, and. I think, you know, kind of along with what Derek, you know, Derek brought up the burn down chart and, and when you're, you know, maybe it's it's Thursday and your sprint ends in, in uh, tomorrow and you haven't got all your points in, then, then you have to have a conversation of de-scope or do something. What do you have to do to get it done? Uh, I, I think that the sense of urgency goes a lot, right along with that. When you, ha- when you have a, a visibility, either with a burn down chart or um, – communication with the stakeholders, uh, then you can talk about parts that, or or you can talk about things that might not be apparent if you didn't have that conversation. For example, if there's this um, ticket or task or story that that comes in and uh, it it needs to be done and and there's a sense of urgency on it, well, if you're being visible with the stakeholder on, on where your progress is, then they may be able to, to say, hey, all right, we're we're not hitting the de- we're not going to hit the deadline here. What can we cut out? Can we can we remove all the fancy styling? Can we remove all the fancy colors and just get the thing out? And if you have the visibility, then you're able to have those conversations. And if you don't have that visibility, then you might start implementing some fancy styles or whatever it be. That's just kind of an extreme example, without without uh, you know knowing that that that's urgent or, or that 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 aspect isn't as important. So I think a real big part of the urgency thing is the visibility and the human interaction with uh, the stakeholder or the client. So, so I was going to say, I think, I think one of the things, just, I really like analogies, and so I'm kind of thinking back to an analogy from an operational day. Um, I think some of it is that there's this mythical IT creature, software developer animal that a lot of business people have that says, well, you know, really good developers like to slave away in the middle of the night and be fed pizza and beer and, uh, you know, solve really hard problems and grind themselves to death. That's, you know, that's the, that's the, by golly, that's the American developer dream is to just burn yourself until you've got nothing left. 
And so I think sometimes, you know, the the sense of urgency is, well, you know, my develop my uh, my friends on the golf course talk about the developers that you know are working until three o'clock in the morning, and when they come in from their golf game, the developers are just leaving for the day, you know, and and I think that what gets difficult for development teams that are trying to have sustainable pace is um, that urgency is defined in a funny way. And uh, so the the analogy I like to say is, you know, as an operations manager for a Macy's department store, we had six different elevator or escalators in the building. And so we had one particular escalator that had all sorts of problems and it would consistently seize up and it would throw people literally off of the escalator when this would happen. (laughs) And it happened to be in the middle of like a chain of three other escalators. So it would impede all traffic going up or down um, when this thing would go down. And so we were short-staffed usually during the highest traffic peaks because uh, the people that would handle that sort of thing were the stock managers and the, the, the people that were worked overnight and early in the morning. And so what would happen is we'd have one or two guys on call, and this thing would go out, and they would call in, and, you know, they would demand, you know, drop whatever the hell you're doing, the elevators are down, all businesses down, you know, get get somebody here right away. And, you know, my staff would complain all the time, you know, we get, you know, every third day we get a call that we have to get interrupted, and then I would I would chew them out that they didn't get their job done, and they're like, well, you know, the elevator went down three times, and I had to go run and get the keys, and it was, and it was funny to me that it was always so urgent when that happened. But when I would go into staff meetings and I would ask the store manager what the update is on calling the Otis repairman to come out and uh, repair the elevator, it was never a priority. So it's like, well, which is it? You know, this has this, this huge business. And I think that uh, product owners and stakeholders tend to do the same thing. Like, oh, I want this thing right away. But, you know, there's some other bigger issue that could really solve the problem other than technology. But like, oh, that's beneath them that, you know, you know so what? It's just a stupid IT guy. Let him go, you know, program this or fix this defect. Like we're not actually... We don't care about quality to actually go write an automated test or something to prevent this in the future. In not worth our time, not, not a priority there, but it's a total priority that you know you get interrupted and then we scream at you that you don't get your other work done because we keep interrupting you. All right, well, I think that does it. Uh, Integrum will be at uh, Open Agile Southern California uh, in the next couple of days, and so we're going to record some podcasts. So if you're interested in that and you can't attend, uh, make sure you listen to some uh, future upcoming podcasts. We're going to have some I material should, from there. Well, those will be in the past. When this gets released? No. No? Well, we'll release this one. All right. And then we'll release those in the future. So if you listen to this one, then the next few episodes, you'll probably get some some content. So he's not saying join us at Agile Open California. Oh. He's saying if you missed Agile Open California, <laughs> be sure to check in on our summaries. If you have a time machine, you can join us at Agile Open California <laughs> in Irvine. Great, Scott. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>